Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zuck. Hello. <laughs> uh, we are uh, discussing the latest uh, two episodes of DuckTales, uh, Jaws with a dollar sign, and the Golden Lagoon of White Agony Plains. Uh, you can find our coverage on previous DuckTales episodes at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us uh, on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, on YouTube at OverlyAnimated.com slash YouTube, or on your preferred podcatcher search for Overly Animated. Wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any reviews or ratings you want to leave us. But yeah, we'll be we'll be getting into these uh, latest uh, two episodes here. Um, lo- lots to unpack, I think. Um, so w- without getting too deep into things, so of these two episodes, which one did you prefer and why? Well, let's go to Michelle first. Oh, man. I think both these episodes were pretty standout. And it, it was great to see Lena again in Jaws. But I do think that the Golden Lagoon takes the cake for me this time around. Just because Goldie was such a good character that I was not expecting. But, like, oh, man, I was so into her. She is super cool. She is, like... Yeah, she is as cool as Scrooge, maybe even cooler. And that's saying something because Scrooge is pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, because of Goldie, the Golden Lagoon of White Agony Plains has to be number one for me. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, Steve, do what? which of the two do you prefer? Oh, we already started, huh? I disagree. I prefer Jaws. Oh, <laughs> why? Oh, oh we, we, we know it. why. <laughs> I love Lena <laughs> Just because and, and Magica. Lena. Yeah. yeah. And Donald in it too, so for like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I love that Lena made fun of Donald because I couldn't understand him either, and she was literally like, "What?" I was like, "Oh my god, thank you, show you acknowledge that he's very hard to understand." But, she, but yeah, he. But she's so lucky, man. I would kill to be in the same room with Donald Duck. He's like my boyhood hero, <laughs> one of my boyhood heroes, man. <laughs> Donald Duck. I, I forget you can have Mickey all you want. Donald is the real greatest Disney character of all time. All right. um, so you love Lena in this episode. Yeah, but yeah, and listen, take nothing away from Goldie. I, I like, I loved her too. I'm just saying, Lena and Magica just perform a little better, a little upper tier, and also there's a little more plot there. I'm not sure what they're gonna do with Goldie. I'm sure she'll be more relevant to the plot later on, but for now, just a little fun introductory episode. But I love them both, so it's not like it's a bad episode. Yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that these are two good to great episodes. And mm-hmm. I, I think I lean towards Michelle's side. Like, I, I'm fine with Lena Magica stuff. I think that stuff's pretty good. But I think that there are other parts of the episode that kind of fill in the gaps that aren't as interesting. Whereas uh, the Golden Lagoon of White Agony Plains, that's like solely focused on the chemistry between Scrooge and Goldie. And I think that and they are works. perfect together. <laughs> I, I love them so much. It's so, so good. The whole episode just is so tightly focused on that. You're right, Alex. But like, it's such a joy to watch their dynamic. Yeah. And, oh, al- the- and also Glomgold in this episode is also once again doing <laughs> a very good job with comedic relief <laughs> slash competence. Like, <laughs> yeah, for real. What's he doing though? Dancing with a minor, trying to get Goldie jealous? Like, really? That made no sense. <laughs> but, I think it's very in character for him, though, yeah. which is part of what makes it enjoyable. But, but I say this about Goldie: she, the most impressive thing she did in the episode was done off screen. She defeated Mrs. Beakley. That is impressive because, True. like, all the villains are afraid of her. Even Ma Beagle is scared of her. So. Yeah, but go, also she, she tied up Webby. That, that's unfair to children, yep. man. That, that's abuse. 
and they're also in a wardrobe, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess uh, we'll, we can start, over. we'll have stuff to talk about Lena and Magica, but I guess we can talk about Golden Lagoon first, because we have the introduction here of Goldio Gilt, uh, voiced by Allison Janney. Uh, she's presented as Scrooge's ex-girlfriend, and uh, yeah, I, I think that their chemistry really works here in like kind of a, I, I've seen it compared to Catwoman and Batman, like I think it's very similar to yeah. that, like huh? Goldie always oh. wants to steal things and do things Fair. the wrong way, and Batman still feels kind of attracted to, to her anyway. And Scrooge kind of had all Scrooge and Goldie also have this pull and push relationship. That uh, there's also a lot of uh, interesting dialogue in the cave where they talk about how they were frozen together for five years. Uh, do do we buy that there was uh, that, that that was romance uh, being together mm. in a cube? I don't know. Uh, well, it seems like he was saying it changed, right? Like it started off that their anger or heat was keeping them alive and then it transformed, which, okay, if you have literally nothing else to look at for five years, but another person, maybe mm-hmm. that could happen. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of questionable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also got a question. The five years thing. I mean, they said they didn't mention a point. Is how old is Scrooge? I mean, maybe they were there for a hundred years. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, five years sounds strange since they were alive during the gold rush. So, well, see, for, so so for them, five years is to us like maybe two hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think maybe because it's probably this is probably the way it was in the original comics, which came out like I think back in the fifties or so. So maybe back then. That would have made sense. Yeah, but also they kind of explained it away with something like uh, um, it, uh, Goldie is staying alive because she had some amulet and uh, Scrooge yeah. because he went to a demon dimension that gave him immortality or something like that. Speaking of which... So they kind of explained it away, but yeah, I, I do like that in, in the in the car, um, one of the nephews also makes the joke like, wait a minute, how old are you? <laughs> yeah, he like doesn't say anything, he just like looks at him and blinks. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And so the, the 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 basic plot of this episode is that uh, um, Goldie has returned to find a piece of the map to a treasure of liquid gold that they uh, they had left inside a inside a woolly mammoth skull, and so they they team up together because she can't steal it from Scrooge, and they go on this quest in, into the cave, and eventually it turns out that despite her teaming up, she always tries to find ways to backstab him. Um, and th- they slowly remember why they liked each other in the first place. Um, we, we do get uh, some interesting uh, back and forth when she's tied up to the bear. Um, there's a point where she's tied up to a bear. Um, yes, yeah. this does happen. But, uh, again, another great off-season feat, by, this time by Scrooge. How did he defeat the bear and get him on his side? Well, see, he can thing- talk bear! Yeah, apparently he can <laughs> he talk bear. <laughs> yeah. uh, he named, he yeah. named him Nanook. That, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a question. Which was more impressive, defeating the bear or defeating Mrs. Beakley and Webby? Defeating uh, Mrs. Beakley for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bears are, are quite tameable uh, as circuses, too, but, <laughs> but nobody can tame Mrs. Beakley. So, point, so point. she's as ferocious as a bear. Yeah, point to oh, yeah. to Goldie on that. <laughs> but, you tell tell that the Donald knows that for sure. <laughs> But, and so, like, uh, Goldie explains, like, she, she abandoned Scrooge all the time because, hey, you're Scrooge McDuck. You can, like, fix everything. And, uh, you Scro- like the challenge. That was her point, too, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, come on. You loved being in situations you had to think yourself out of. And he's kind of like, hey, yeah, it was pretty fun. 
Yeah, but, yeah. but eventually he gets frustrated. Like, that, that's not an answer to everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we also get to the sad point. It's like, you loved gold more than me. And then like Goldie's like, well, that's why you loved me. <laughs> it's so, like, he like, doesn't deny it. So, like, it, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic because we have established that Scrooge is in love with treasure. So, I guess it makes sense that he'd be yeah. in love with someone who is only focused his treasure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we get to this uh, ending scene once they reach the Golden Lagoon. And it's revealed that uh, Goldie had been working for Glom Gold. Um, uh, and they they have this uh, fighting scene with pickaxes that I was very impressed by. Like that because was in the closing. So good. The that, was the, that was in the closing throughout the series and the ending cre- credits. So recursor there. Yeah, it's a callback to the beginning of this episode where they're doing the tango yeah. and all inside. Yeah. got the gala and like we play the same tango music, but the the, the lighting behind them makes yeah. it a little bit more interesting, and they're backing <laughs> up over the bridge. Bad. And the fact that he used something from the end credits as precursor to something that happens in the canon in the series, that's giving me a theory on something, but we'll get to that when we talk about the other episode. Okay. Uh, and so it, it, Glomgold, uh, while all this fight sequence is happening, um, we, we, oh man, uh, third Glomgold wheel. has showed up yep. to be the third wheel. Um, I, I also really enjoyed this uh, sequence where he's, he's explaining how he and Goldie met, and like we go to this comic style flashback thing. He has like mm-hmm. muscles and a mullet, like it's the eighties. He's again. like really tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the background, Scrooge is just wearing a sash that says, like, stinky or something. <laughs> in, like, a diaper, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Gold's a very great storyteller. So I, I would like to hear his recountings of the past. And who, um, and who, is, he, and who is he kidding? The person he's really jealous of, the, it's, he's, he's jealous because he, of Scrooge. He wants Scrooge. That's the, that's my shit right there for Glomgold. Yeah, Center. for real. <laughs> that's who he's really mad at. He cares about making Scrooge jealous. He doesn't really care that much about Goldie yes. as like her own person. No, no. That's so true. He, he was just using her to get Scrooge jealous. He used one of the triplets to dance with to make Scrooge jealous. Like there's nothing he won't do. He will stoop that low. Yeah, it's very obsessive. But also, I, I think Glomgold here has his most success against Scrooge because, like, he nah. he, he oh, like disagree. He, he, he cuts the elevator rope. That's a good move. Then he he like sneaks up behind him and smacks him uh, in the head with a shovel. Like, well, that, that's, that's true. I guess. Oh, I disagree. I think his most success is in the other episode in this batch. But that's just me. But oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> that that's another the different way. He actually inter- wins uh, that time. Yeah, that's a different interpretation of success. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it turns out that uh, they were going to siphon off the liquid gold. But then Goldie, who had apparently fallen into into the lake at the end of that fight, and uh, Scrooge had believed her dead, she just shows up on top of the ship. It's like, hi guys, I'm gonna steal the gold. And it, she... well, they already set up the necklace. We knew they were gonna come back to oh, it. They wouldn't and... see a plot point like that for no reason. And uh, did Scrooge get the necklace at the very end? I'm not sure. No, I... no, she still has it. Yeah, that I, was I wasn't sure. Because that was a different okay. thing. The necklace has an eye on it, and the thing she left him in the present was just like it looked kind of like I don't know, like a Mayan relic or something. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't different. think I don't think Scrooge would want like a necklace like that invincibility because he's so prideful of doing things the hard way. Exactly, he, he, he might think that's a, he, himself. He might think it, yeah, he might think it's cheating to have an invincibility necklace. Like, just like he hates magic, so it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Uh, also, just adding to the chemistry, once we realize that Goldie is alive, Scrooge is just laughing with joy. No, <laughs> so, wait. 
Yeah, he's like, oh, she's so great. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Change his tune, though. He changed his tune. I'm, I'm, I think all he needed to do, once he knew when Goldie kind of saved him earlier, once he knew that she cared about him, then hair stealing the gold, it, the gold did not matter anymore. So I think he had a little more perspective. I think I don't think he was mad at her in the beginning of the episode for, like, stealing from him and backstabbing him. He's used to that. I just thought he kind of had a broken heart. And once... She rectified that, hey, I, I still care about you in my own way. He's cool with this. so. Well, I guess yeah. this, this leads us to an important question. Is this the beginning of a potentially more healthy relationship? <laughs> or... uh, I mean, maybe. What do you, <laughs> what do you consider healthy? I don't know. I kind of wonder, though, if perhaps... Uh, Later on, we see Goldie again. Maybe she might have like a key to finding Della. Maybe they have an encounter That'd be before. Cool. And that would be the ultimate, like, uh, redemption for Goldie in terms of help find his lost niece, who I hope is still alive. And I do think one thing, though, one thing, step off the line, though. All Goldie did in this episode, she backstabbed and messed with Scrooge. She, she don't. I don't think she didn't make the mistake though of messing with his family, doing like backstabbing, like. His family, someone like Della, he would that would be unforgivable. So, well, she, she she already tied up Webby and Mrs. Beakley, so I well, don't, I, yeah. don't, I don't put it past her <laughs> this iteration. No, I, I, I put think... someone in danger, but they were fine. They were just tied up. I'm <laughs> oh, talking about like it wasn't like malicious killed. or anything. Yeah. She's just like, oh, gotta get them out of the way to get yeah. the map. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about putting a life or death situation, something like danger, like okay. <laughs> but but yeah, c- compared to other new characters that we've been wondering, like, are they going to make a comeback? I think here they make it plainly obvious that they're going to make her come back with that ending note, right? It's like, whenever yeah. you need it, uh, to find gold, just call me. And the etso-etso at the end. I so, come, yeah. it open, which is nice. Like, if we see her in five more episodes, or like 25. That's fine to I, me. I don't, I don't I know just, how many... I'm excited that we have a pretty clear indication that we will see her again. Because she's know. awesome. I don't know how many episodes you're going to get an Oscar winner to appear in, though. That's the, kind of the problem. Yeah, Allison Janney's a big get. But, yeah, like like Michelle says, like, if she appears, like, once every 20 episodes, I'm still yeah. good. Because oh, it, yeah, it, yeah. It keeps I, I it hope fresh. We, I kind of mm-hmm. wonder, though, if Goldie, her obsession with Goldie, means we're going to see El Capitan in this series. Yeah. He was a villain from the first series who was obsessed with gold. He was super obsessed with gold. That he'd rather die. He'd rather be die and be buried in gold than be without his gold. So I, I, might... I feel like in a world where Scrooge has a money pit, almost every villain must be obsessed with gold. Yeah, <laughs> right? Everyone wants that well, gold. Well, you gotta see the five-part pilot of the original series, then you'll know what I mean. Like, <laughs> five-part sure, pilot? Sure, sure thing, sure thing. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, other assorted pieces here um, from the the opening uh, scene of this uh, episode uh, that they, they have arrived at the Glamgold Museum supposedly to support the arts but mostly to stock up on cocktail weenies now I'd oh, like your guys God. opinions cocktail weenies yay or nay yay. yeah yay. Okay, yeah good, good. Uh, what, what were you going to say if we said nay Alex I, I would have called you blasphemers because cocktail weenies are the most important invention to parties in the 20th century oh. well it is like, meat and meat's expensive so if you can get free meat you should always go for it exactly and like they're so mm-hmm. tiny they're like bite sizes it's like it's like chips yeah. you know like once you have one you can't have just one so like it's it's, it's like that but for for weenies like that, that's, yeah, that's a very size. important innovation do you eat that with your hands or you eat it with a toothpick 
depends how classy you want to be in the moment. Probably. Yeah, like I, I've definitely eaten cocktail weenies with my hands, but I would prefer if I had like a, a stick or something to pick them up with. But you know, how, however you can, <laughs> however you can, <laughs> whatever ends to the means you got. But um, also during this uh, sequence, uh, it, it is also mentioned that uh, Scrooge has installed plastic lining on the suit to avoid dry cleaning. That is something I never thought of that existed. Maybe it exists out there, but I'm not sure. Can you do it in real life? It sounds I mean, like you something could, you but could. It would be so uncomfortable. It's like when people cover their couches in plastic so they don't get yeah. dirty. Like, who wants to sit on a plastic couch, though? <laughs> so it just depends on your priorities. Do you want to live a full life where you get kind of dirty, or do you want to live a plastic coated life? You, you know who lives a full life, Dewey, because like, <laughs> yeah. he's like talking about his loosened up tie. Like, uh, this is how you got to go to parties. It's like, did you party all night last night? So he's yeah. giving fashion tips. Uh, also, he is the one who is taken to dance by Glomgold in an effort to make um, uh, Scrooge jealous. And he, he just ends up doing his own thing, like a Michael Jackson dance. Now. <laughs> and Glomgold gets so mad. He's like, you have to dance worse than me and he's like no i can't do that sorry the second michael jackson reference we've had in this series yeah because it was I the, it was the first Dewey episode was, right that, that no he also i think no the, the mummy episode uh, right right so I that think was like dewey, the fifth one yeah i think dewey was involved in that too in that yeah so i, I guess dewey is just a michael jackson fan <laughs> he seems to go to that very often and he even went all the way to the billy jean crotch grab in this one so that's <laughs> true so good job by surprise him. They, surprise they cross grand in a Disney show, so give him credit. They got to pass censors. Times have changed, my friend. Times have <laughs> changed. Um, also, he's a duck, so maybe that helps too. Yeah. Um, anything else from this episode that stood out to you guys that you want to point out? I, I love that the, the, the nephews were so, like, they loved teasing Scrooge about his ex. I just, I felt like it really worked. I thought it was really funny every time they'd just interject and be like, ew, you gonna go kiss after? Is that where you were? How did your day go? I just thought it was really great somehow. I, li- I liked that they were able to tease him for once about yeah. something. If, yeah, and they were more like little brothers than nephews in this Exactly, case. they're just like, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, this definitely is them at their most uh, kid. Like, it, it's a very kid thing to do. <laughs> like, hey, hey, you have a girlfriend. The only thing missing, though, was Launchpad saying that, being taken part. Because he's the ultimate big kid. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So yeah, Gold, Goldie O'Gilt, uh, I, I think is a is an A plus character <laughs> for, yeah. for her appearance here. Um, yes, she's awesome. Now go, going from a new character to an old classic. Yeah, uh, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, over here we have uh, Jaws, which has starred the return of Lena after a long absence, at least to us. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I guess the big headline here is that we get a bit deeper into the Lena-Magic uh, relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Lena seems to be very averse to magic or get or like showing that she is magic to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Magica is very insulted by this and she calls magic the family business. She seems to be very focused on a blood feud with Scrooge McDuck. So I, there's something personal going on I there. I kind of wonder mm-hmm. too. I, have, I yeah. kind of have a theory there. Magica told Lena at one point, if they knew the truth about you, they would turn on you in an instant. I'm kind of wondering, perhaps, Scrooge and Magica, oh, history, maybe they were kind of allies, or friends at least, 
and maybe when Scrooge discovers he could do magic, maybe she even did magic to try to help him and his and retain and get more wealth. And he turned on her because you know he don't wants to do things the hard way, and also he has a prejudice against magic, and that's why she turns evil. And later, maybe like a little comparison between generations between Scrooge and Magic's relationship and Webby and Lena's relationship, like a Roku Sozin to Aang and Zuko type of thing. I, I definitely do think that, that that particular scene where she's like, don't, don't reveal yourself because they, they'll turn on you. Like, you could interpret that as just, like, a, a, her intimidating Lena, but I, I do think that there is an interpretation of, like, okay, there's some personal history here going on. Like, she makes it sound like this has happened before. Um, uh, Michelle, do you get any extra um, hold on what Magicka is or if she's involved in the past at all or What's going on with her, do you think? Uh, I feel like Magicka and Scrooge definitely have history. Especially if Scrooge is super old, I mean. I mean, it also explains how he was able to have so much wealth. He had, like, hundreds, maybe years to do it. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I read her telling Lena that if she told Webby about it, that Webby would turn on her more as, like, an isolation tactic than anything. Because it does seem like the show really wants Lena to, you know, against, like, her desire to be free basically of this um she is gonna like tell they're gonna find out somehow and they're gonna they're gonna be chill or at least like maybe not right away but that's that's how this kind of thing usually goes so to me it just seems a way for magica to kind of just like isolate her and feel like you know you don't have any other options you might as well just do this because like oh yeah maybe you want to have friends but really they won't trust you and friendship is awful kind of thing which i feel like is pretty common from bad guys to say to people who might be might waver and go to the good side mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i kind of knew like you from the beginning that there was more to me to add to this relationship that that magica kind of had lena hostage in or in some way like like psychologically something. hostage yeah. maybe yeah yeah, yeah. And maybe she's literally hostage here i thought more so she maybe had did something to her parents, but here it's it's actually Lena herself who's the hostage because she Magica. For my interpretation, she is like linked to Lena by her shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like she does make some like you can't get rid of me. Like if Lena tries to walk away. away. Yeah. Which, which leads me to my theories. Like I told you earlier from the closing credits. Um, in the 87 show- series, there was an episode that dealt with shadows in Magicka, and the way to feed the shadows was by just taking a whole bunch of pictures. And in the closing credits of the show, we see Webby with a camera, and I'm thinking Webby's going to use that camera to help, like, Lena escape from Magicka's, you know, escape from her hold, her link, in the uh, season finale. Now, I, I don't know. I- I'm confused. Like, is is Lena like blood related to Magicka? Was she born with Magicka's shadow? Did that happen later? Get, well, maybe. If so, if she is, I think her father is Poe, uh, Magicka's Raven sidekick in the original '87 series, who was her brother. Who okay, was Raven. Because of magic, evil magic, yes. or what? Yes. Okay, so it's like a curse. And she claimed when she, she claimed in the original series, when I get my mag- when I get Scrooge's magic one dime, I'll be able to turn you back into like a uh, a human duck. That's a human what- duck. No, well, yeah. actually, this is some, somewhat relevant okay. because, like, in this episode, they they do focus a lot on Magicka needing the the number one dime to yeah. exact her revenge somehow. 
So I, I guess the dime, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's going to go exactly the way of the original series. I'm sure they've done lots of things different. But uh, yeah, I, I do think that we are slowly working towards revealing that. Um, an, another thing is we have this whole wish of freedom and dealing it with a hostage. The, is, is this actually a thing she can do, like revealing, granting wishes? and like, Or is this just a villain tactic of lying to get her to do things? I don't think we know enough about her power to say one way or the other. Because there were those couple instances where Webby's trying to do the friendship magic spell thing, right? And you see Lena like have this magical purple energy, which I'm assuming is like the, the evil energy, right? And it transforms into blue energy, which is the friendship energy oh, or I, something. I hadn't caught that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that that energy, the the purple stuff, comes from Lena herself or from Magica. But I don't know. if Lena has her own power, that's like a whole other thing. Because uh, if she's if she's afraid of magic or isn't trusted, like maybe there's even more in this rabbit hole we I, haven't seen yet. I wouldn't trust her. And I'm thinking more so the purple is not evil energy. That's more conflicted energy between good and evil. And the real evil energy is red energy. Have we seen any red magic though? That's series? just my guess. That's just my <laughs> guess though. Normally blue Normally the opposite of red is blue and red and blue equals purple. Well, the the, the gem that she leaves in the money pit, that was red, so I, I guess you could try pulling some out of that. <laughs> However, when she's diving into the money shark, like at that point she's pretty like fixed on her desire to destroy the shark. And like there she's purple, <laughs> so I'm not sure I buy that necessarily. Necessarily being conflicted but um yeah there's there's a lot of weird stuff with magic that i guess we're gonna get into throughout this uh, the rest of this series um we, we also have well, more webby here we i don't think we've had a very webby focused episode in a bit as well um mm-hmm. here like she's she's inviting lena to a sleepover she's her usual hype self uh, she seems to be very trusting of Lena and Selena, as usual, feeling more guilt over this. Um, Webby is so trusting this to the point that she utters the phrase "friendship is magic," which I'm sure made Steve, the resident My Little Pony fan, very happy here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like but, second episode, they did that. Yeah, they, they, they've you've probably used that phrase before in this in this show. But yeah, like, uh, how heartbroken is Webby going to be <laughs> once we make the reveal? Or is is she going to be heartbroken, or is she going to be down with this? I don't know. Well, I do think though, um, there's going to be a point when the reveal comes though that I think Lena is going to try to act like really evil, so Webby would just forget about her. You know, yeah, like pretend to be like completely like just malice and like. Yes, I did this on purpose. I don't care about you. Just to try to get Webby away, like like you would say to a dog you want to leave, like shoo shoo shoo, you suck. So, but I don't think you believe it. I think uh, it might be a point that nephews might really think she's like bad, and Webby like no, no, I still believe in her. And it'll be like, and, and the thing I it is though, if this wasn't a Disney show, if this was say anime, I think Lena would have so many death flags. I think she'd be like do like like a sacri- like sacrifice herself for her redemption and I'm like thankfully this is a family Disney show so I don't think that will happen. Uh, I mean, I'd be impressed. <laughs> Anything's possible. I don't want Lena to die. Why do you guys want that? I don't oh, want her to die. I think it, there there are a lot of ways this could go. Another thing I'm thinking just like jumping again from the magica kind of like making her feel like she can't trust anyone as a tactic 
Um, because maybe if she told Webby, they could figure out a different way to get her unbound to Magicka. I think that's also totally possible. And the only way that's going to happen is if she can confide in Webby to do it and she doesn't feel like she can because they're not really friends. So I feel like there are other ways to get the same positive result without Lena dying. It just depends on like how the show wants to handle that. I wondered if we're going to see a Webby Magicka fight because it looks like she's studying magic at least a little bit. Hmm. That could be something. Webby version Magicka. Magicka kind of kicks her butt and Lena kind of comes in for the save. And uh, Michelle's theory as well is set up by uh, by that whole uh, Webby having a magic book thing because it's, mm-hmm. it's, she's learning about it anyway. Yeah, so like theoretically, if Lena ever got the, enough trust in Webby, like that that team up is possible now that we know that Webby has an interest in this stuff, even though exactly. she's doing it undercover since Scrooge apparently hates magic. Um, <laughs> And so, so while we have those characters, these interactions were were um, were tied together by the 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 magic of having a, a money monster, a money shark, if you will, uh, due to the nephews diving into the money pit. And so, like most of this episode is kind of the action sequences hey. of them fighting the shark. Hey, hey, hey! Her yeah. name is Tiffany. She oh has oh a yeah, name, the shark. Okay, she okay. has a name. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I'm sorry, Tiffany, for not uh, referring to you by your name. But Tiffany, you're a boring villain. <laughs> <laughs> she gets but, arms and legs, though. Let's gotta count for something. How many sharks can do that? Uh, I'm sure, like, Jaws 4 ended up doing this. Or, or one of the Sharknado films. Did we ever get to that state in the shark evolution of them getting limbs? But, I don't think so. But, yeah, like, uh, I, I think that this episode... It, um. Like the the Lena Magica stuff, I, I really enjoyed. I think uh, Lena and Webby are pretty good together. The the, ne- the nephews let off a couple of good jokes, but I think that this whole ship dynamic of them hunting the whale and all, like them fighting in various ways, Does like that stuff, really kind of dragged. Because well, like the ship couldn't even move; it was stranded in the coins. It wasn't really like they were riding the waves or could follow the shark at all. Well, speaking of ship, you've got my. Like, my favorite line in the episode, maybe, when Webby told Lena, you beautiful idiot! Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shippers gay. can rejoice for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one's more. I like more Webby and Lena or Scrooge and Glomgold. <laughs> Webby and Lena, they are... <laughs> Glomgold's lame. At least Webby and Lena are both cool. Yeah, <laughs> and Webby and Lena has been, I think, a stronger ship from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think that I think that's a two side relationship. I think that's more one sided. Glomgo towards Scrooge. Right, right. Um, <laughs> the, and then like the B plot is Scrooge having to give an interview to the television network oh. because his adventure <laughs> keeps destroying the town, and she gets she gets stuck with a very evil reporter lady oh, named oh, Roxanne. That- <laughs> Speaking of reporter, that is Shannon from OKKO, another yeah, yeah. one of Boxman Terminus in this show. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, vo- voiced by Carrie Waldron. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> she says, I, she's as evil as Shannon. <laughs> yeah, like she, she does a very good job of, sm- of schmoozing up to Scrooge. Like, it'll be conversational. It's fine. Then, like, opens up with the welcome to the program, you menace. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, very gotcha journalism. Uh, also, um, Beakley tries to prepare um, Scrooge, like even going down to the what part of Ireland are you from? <laughs> and like it comes back it during this uh, scene as well. 
Can I compliment her voice actress? She does a great job with those voices and trying, trying, trying to impersonate the reporter before she shows up. I, I thought literally it was the reporter herself who just came in. I didn't think no one was Beakley saying those lines. Yeah, right. that, that, that was a little strange. Like she was able to drop that scent very easily. <laughs> good good well, for her. I guess if she's a spy, maybe right? She has spy. Fun. She knows. She knows how to do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so eventually, that they reveal like, well, first the, the Scrooge is trying to defend himself. Like, no, my adventure doesn't cause damage. But then, hey, news came in. A money shark just came out from Scrooge's plate. <laughs> And oh, I, my, oh, I love Dole when Large Pants says, the, the orphanage is fine, though. We just missed the orphanage. Yeah, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's good news. Uh, Launchpad is actually, it, this is like one of the few not, not... good. Yeah, he's fine. I, I think that he's underutilized in this episode because I don't really remember m- much of his appearances. I know he's leading the ship and like also he's the one who ends up driving the ship into the shark's mouth. He's but, also uh, obsessed with I guess this is a carrying thread now that he thinks he and Blue Shirt are like best butts, <laughs> ride or die forever. Because he was like, have to save Blue Shirt and also maybe the other ones when they get eaten. <laughs> but Blue Shirt, though, which I thought was like very true to Launchpad and also kind of endearing. That he's just like, he believes this. Doesn't matter if Blue Shirt, you know, confirms it or not, but he's going to be the best friend he can. Mm. Aww. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's yeah. a good character moment. Uh, is because that that is something that we've established already, so that's nice to see it carry over. Uh, also, at, at the end, um, everyone is picking up the uh, the coins dropping from the shark, including all the poor people of Duckburg. Which uh, yeah, they're like under the <laughs> yeah. boats following the shark. Yeah. Like, see, you well, never really think about the poor people in this in this series. So good that uh, they get something. Well, to yeah. And also the Beagle Boys and a couple of Glongo's former henchmen from the first episode. Well, look, they might be poor, too. Like, they got yeah. fired from their job. What yeah. if they haven't found I know, not, And who knows how, how much Ma, how much the Beagle's allowance is for Ma Beagles. You sound like someone who doesn't That's give true. them much allowance. Right. Plus, there's a lot of them, so you can't, yeah... You have to spread that out. <laughs> so once again, so except for Magica, all the bad guys win in this episode. Glomgold and the Beagle Boys, they actually win. For I guess once. so, yeah. And and Glomgold, once again, he, he, he does well in this episode. He uh, uh, He's the one interviewed in the television appearance, uh, telling, but even though he admits like he's still rich, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then later he shows up in disguise to pick up money and thank Scrooge on live television. Like, thank you, Scrooge. <laughs> Do you know that disguise is supposed to be Steven Spielberg, which is a reference to the re- of Jaws? I did, I did not, not catch that. that. that yeah, that. I didn't catch that at all. So that's what people are saying. That's, there, that's there's barely any Jaws references in this. <laughs> in this, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad that they were they restrained themselves from lots of heavy Jaws references because Jaws references have been happening for like 30 years. I don't need any more, honestly. I think I think that well is run dry. Wow, I take on Jaws references. <laughs> it's not a whole movie. They've had so much time to make jokes. And so, question I have though is Lena the only one that wears shoes in this series? That's a question that they gotta answer one of these days. Scrooge Anyone wears, else wears his shoes? spats, right? Those, those aren't shoes. shoes. Okay, well, Goldie wears normal <laughs> shoes. She wore those okay. like hiker boot things. Hmm, I guess so. Yeah. I didn't notice them. I didn't notice them. I, I guess. I guess because the rest of Goldie's outfit maybe overshadowed her. That. 
Uh, also, well, we will point out that Goldie wears boots because they're going into a cave that has lots of rocks and pointy things, you know. Yeah. But uh, like outside, I guess the ducks with their web feet don't really require footwear. But maybe Lena just wears it to look cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> looks more like a teenager. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and how about the epic fight? The epic. Webby and Lena versus Huey, Dewey, and Louie in the pillow fight to end hotel of pillow fights. Which that was did a not last it, yeah. it was like two seconds. I love <laughs> Epic Louis is said, quite the overstatement for something that lasted ten seconds. I, I love when Louie said, what? Whose idea was it to pick a fight yeah. with Webby? Who thought this would go well for us? That's very true. <laughs> I mean, they had the numbers advantage. It was three versus two. Blasty. <laughs> <They, they're, laughs> One of them's older than them, so that kind of cancels it out. It's like yeah, when kids age. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that that's uh, basically. The, uh, and I guess just uh, Do- Donald is the last remaining thread in this <laughs> episode. Oh. He, that we we opened up with him uh, talking to Lena, and then at the very end, he gets yeah. his ship back all destroyed. <laughs> like that's our our cutaway oh, scene. Oh, poor Donald! I come This is more than anyone all the time. <laughs> We need more Donald. We do, but we need more subtitles. For <laughs> they had subtitles for the bear, for Scooch talking about the bear. I know, talk, so the bear. They equal opportunity. Give us a Donald, too, for everyone's sanity. Well, yeah. No, but, but if we got subtitles, then Lena wouldn't be able to make the awesome joke of what? That's true. <laughs> that was so perfect. Yeah, I, I, timing. I can't yeah. make, that'd be great, though, if that whole. Tr- Adventure that what they came back from is from another episode we see in the future, but I doubt that. Uh, I mean, episodes they're out of order. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, that's a slightly a possibility, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah. So uh, just to wrap up here, I, I, who is your favorite character out of all th- these two episodes here? Uh, mm. We'll go to you, Steve, first to defend your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I said I love Goldie too. It's fun, but uh, Lena, come on, she just—I just love her. Like, um, she's the most interesting character for me so far because they have this big little arc here. I—I I can't wait to see where they go for it. And please, Lena, don't die! Don't die! She's not gonna die. I mean, she, she might, she maybe, maybe. You think, Alex? <laughs> you really Either think she, she, I, she, I, she, I, she I, might I, not I, die? She might not die, but I've seen this done so many times. She might get reborn into a baby. And look, DuckTales, what? I, I, wait, wait, no, I, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. But uh, uh, DuckTales, I think, has been a little darker than I expected. So, like, I, I, I give it, like, a 5% chance that, that happens. All right, 5% doesn't seem unreasonable to me, actually. All right. Yeah, like, this, Disney is at, at the point where they would allow a character to die. But, um, Michelle, uh, of these two episodes, what, who is your favorite character and why? Def Goldie, just because I I feel like her voice actor did a really good job making her sound like, you know, suave, but mature and and clever and just like their their rapport. Her and David Tennant was just so good. Like the whole time, it it was just very refreshing to see somebody so confident and in their element in a way that Scrooge is and pretty much no one else is in the show. And it was just I don't know, like I. 
I don't need to see her again for a while. Like, I feel like I had, like, my quota satisfied. A quota <laughs> I didn't know I needed until she was a character suddenly. But, I mean, she she's very memorable. And I think she's she, she's had one of the more stronger entrances for a character. Like, that's how I felt the first time I saw Lena. I was like, whoa, like, who is this? And I love her, and I'm obsessed yeah. with her now. Like, that's how I feel about Goldie for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, like, all I want from a character sometimes. And I think make, she delivers. Make you want more? Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, but I want more, too. Content. I don't feel like anything was lacking that I'm, like, hungry for. So I'd be fine to not see her for a while. I just I just hope that I'm probably, maybe I'm asking for too much, but I kind of want her to play a role in the whole Della plot. But maybe I'm asking too much. Yeah. I think it's possible. I don't think you're asking too much. Yeah, Della, I think, feels a little far far down the road, but that gives us enough time to be away from Goldie if they decide to include her down the road. And, and I think um, Goldie, though, if, if like, once you're maybe in the future, may interact with Webby and maybe to get over whatever happened off screen, I think I think she could be, I want to say, a good mentor, like a good role model, but at least some sort of a mentor in some way. Maybe not the greatest mentor, but... But you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's very clever. She knows how to get out of a scrape. So yeah, yeah. she she's like the uh, more chaotic version of Scrooge, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I I really want to praise Scrooge in these two episodes because, like, in in the first episode in Jaws, he like plays up the com the comedy stuff, and he's really good at that. And then in the second episode, they play out like his 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 ability to both be frustrated and then also get really emotional. So yeah. Like, he, he, in these two episodes, I think the reason I like them a lot is because they feature a lot of Scrooge and kind of show off all the different sides of Scrooge that we've slowly been building up over the over the <laughs> show. So I, I really <laughs> like Scrooge, and so I appreciated these two episodes gave me a lot of him. Mm-hmm. But uh, is he your MVP for Dispatch Out? I think he is. I think he is. I, I really yeah. enjoyed him in both episodes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we've done both of them. So I yeah, like the it's, it's, an unfa- it's an unfair time. advantage. <laughs> but I, uh, I just say this: Gold. If if you didn't have a lean episode before it, Goldie would have been my MVP as well. It's just mm-hmm. two episodes with yeah. her together. I'm just so ex- too yeah. so excited to see Lena again. That you know, it's just the timing. That's all. I think that's fair. And I will say, like, from the episode with Lena, one thing I appreciated about how they're spinning her character is she she doesn't want to just, like, be evil because it's a family thing. She could care less about magic. She could care less about being a villain. She just, like, doesn't want to be tied to magic anymore. She's kind of just in it for herself. And I feel like that's a pretty good reason. Mm -hmm. That's a good reason for me. Because, like, if she was just evil, there's a lot less to care about. But I feel yeah. like she, there's a lot of potential Webby could sway her over to confiding yeah. in her yeah. because way, she doesn't want to be evil. She just really wants her freedom. That's and, kind of and, it. In a way, I see a lot of similarities between Lena and Goldie in terms of good and evil. They're like kind of right, sort of that morally gray area right mm-hmm. in the middle. Goldie more so no, more morally no. gray, but still, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely stay tuned to see more, uh, maybe more new characters, or just wait for the next lead oh, episode. Oh, well, there's so a new Steve character in the next episode coming, probably. Well, Doomfist all, all is probably going to show up at last. Uh, all <laughs> I know is that the next two episodes are called Day of the Only Child, and from the confidential case files of Agent 22. That's Ooh. all I know, so I, I don't want to delve who, beyond that. But. I, I'm saying Agent 22 is Mrs. Beakley. I'm calling it right now. No spoilers. Oh, okay, you're just guessing. <laughs> 
I would hope so, though. I'd love to see her be really awesome and like go back to her roots as a spy. Yeah, That'd be so fla- cool. Weekly flashback episode? I'm down. <laughs> oh my god, when she was in her prime? Yeah. That'd be so cool. Wait, who's to say she's not still in her prime? That's, you're, yeah, that's true. She could be in her prime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until we get to those uh, next uh, two episodes, you can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can always join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about DuckTales or any other animated show we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. And thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Brendan, a.k.a. Kells. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Um, so, yeah, we have uh, DuckTales uh, coming up very soon. We got OKKO coming up very <laughs> yeah! soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently did a Miraculous Ladybug pa- uh, yeah. panel. Uh, we Oh, soon we're gonna have Steven Universe. Yes. And so, so yeah, lot, lot, lot. Overly animated is going to be very busy this July Fourth weekend, I'm sure. So, oh, oh, stay, yeah. stay, stay tuned for for us there. But yeah, man, until the next time we talk Ducktales, we'll see you soon. Adios. Bye. Bye.